Relationship Game Changers. It's Kim Moore here. I wanted to pop up and just share a thought or two about marriage for your consideration and evaluation for certainly we should try the thoughts of those speaking and to see whether they are of God. And so wanted to put some things out here because recently, uh, I don't know about you, but I've been hearing several prominent voices announcing God's interest, focus, and timing to address marriage and family, the restoration, and if you will, I say the reformation of marriage and families. You know, over the years, it um, doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that marriages among Christians are being destroyed in in droves. And, you know, it's too noticeable. It's been too noticeable to ignore and too painful not to discuss. And yet we really haven't discussed it in the church. You know, it's easy to think that God has nothing to do with the butchery occurring among couples and just some of the stories that you hear are, you know, just they're just grieving and, and in some cases sickening. And, uh, wow, it's, it's, it's quite defensible and easy to say that, you know, marriage is an institution is, is falling apart solely because of our sinfulness. And, um, you know, no doubt our sinfulness contributes to the condition of many ailing relationships. But, you know, marriage is perfect. You know, it was the only covenant established before the fall of man, and marriage actually does the same three things to all those that enter in, but that's for another conversation. Uh, What religion has made of marriage or the institution that it's made of marriage has also contributed to its decay. And, you know, I say that this institution is ripe to be demolished. I wrote an article several years ago, Down with the Institution of Marriage, and I got, wow, my gosh, I got so much negative feedback, and uh, it's just crazy. But listen, when I think of an institution, I think of educational institutions. I think of a banking institution. I think of psychiatric institutions. I think of religious institutions. You know, institutions are man-made ideas that have been organized, planned, and govern people with rules that serve its purpose. And the key word for me in that is that they're man-made. Institutions are man-made. I know we like to say that that God established the institution of marriage, and I would beg to differ with that. You know, institutions, whether psychiatric, banking, health, education, or even religious institutions, uh, and particularly religious institutions, are man's way of serving God. This is serving God the way we think we ought to serve God or the way God wants to us to serve him and you know I've said this before and I'll say it again that every denomination is a religion and a news flash for some stepping on the toes of others is that the non-denominational church is also a religion let me say that again you know many have prided themselves on being non-denominational not affiliated with any denomination can I tell you that the non-denominational church is organized, planned, and governed with rules spoken and unspoken, making it a religion. 
And the thing is, religion, all, you know, many denominations, I won't say all, but many denominations have elements of scripture and truth that make them seem godly. But the outcome proves it's serving man and ultimately works to the demise of man. That's what religious systems do. That's what psychiatric systems do. That's what the prison systems do. They're always debating whether the prison system really rehabilitates uh, men and women or whether these same men and women are more emboldened to go out and commit more crimes. And the recidivism rate of prison, prison suggests it's not necessarily to the benefit of the person engaged in that system or incarcerated by that system, but in essence just promotes a repeat behavior which keeps the prison systems in business. Hmm, something to think about. But every denomination, every denomination, every uh, institution seeks to harness, educate, and make disciples of itself rather than Jesus Christ. Every institution and man-made system. I know this guy, it's, it's, I mean, I know it's got to be hard to hear for some because we all want to believe that we're different, our denomination is different, I'm different, it really doesn't apply to me. And I'm saying today it does apply to each of us regardless of our denomination. It is a religious system designed to serve God in the way that it understands uh, that God is saying. You know, God never intended to institutionalize people. Let me say this again. God never intended to commit people to institution. God never intended to hold man hostage to a set of rules and behaviors that give the appearance of godliness while lacking the substance of his nature and his character. Matthew 23, Jesus, you know, makes this explicitly clear. And in verse 34, it says, that Jesus said, I'm sending prophets and sages and scribes. That is not only prophets, but wise men and scribes to address this very thing in the body. And the response of the institution is not favorable if you go on and read that verse completely. But today, the institution of marriage that many experience is man-made, passed down, by church forefathers, Protestant reformers, patriarchal, uh, evangelicals. It's passed down. It's man-made. What many are experiencing marriage today is a man-made institution, a set of ideas, uh, ideologies, some of which come from the Word of God, some of which are using Scripture, uh, but a set of rules, fixed rules that govern the behavior, the mindset and behavior of its adherents. Now, religion won't tell you this, you know, <laughs> religion won't tell you this, and I, I tell you what, um, there are many in mainstream media that will even disagree with what I'm saying, but I ask you and implore you 
to hear with the ears that God gave you, to see and perceive with the eyes that God has given you individually by the Holy Spirit, because Jesus in the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit testifying of Jesus is the disseminator of truth. And at best, we are echoes. And my prayer is that that I, along with others, are reflecting, not only reflecting, but living the truths that we're teaching. And so religion won't tell you what I just told you. Rather, they'll double down on scriptures used to support the perpetuation of that denomination, that belief system, that religion. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about institutions. They're lifeless. Their institutions are lifeless. They take their life from the people that submit and hear or are incarcerated or bound by them. Let me say that again. Institutions are lifeless. They take their life. They take the life that, that you experience in them comes from the people that adhere to them, not necessarily by God and his Holy Spirit. You know, many prominent voices recognize, as I said, that God's got marriage on his mind, and, and these same voices are calling marriage and family an institution. And in doing so, I would suggest for your consideration that they're misleading the people of God. And here's my concern, is that, is that we'll dig up old sermons, some of these voices. I mean, it's interesting. A video hit my feed the other day, and some of the things that were said on it, I just couldn't bear them out with Scripture. And this was a voice. And as I looked at the comments of people on as this gentleman was speaking, as I listened to the comments, they were high-fiving. You know, you, this needs to be said. This is truth. And I'm thinking to myself, and even inserted some Scripture in the conversation to, and questions to which no one responded just liked the fact that I added scripture or asked the question, but there was no real response to the question that I asked. And, you know, questions aren't necessarily to, to condemn. They're also called to promote understanding and to just help us evaluate what we're saying. Because, listen, guys, we all, are in process. We all have part of the truth. We all need refining. And if you've been in ministry long enough, if uh, I know over the course of my ministry, there are things that I have said that as truth confronted me or as I was questioned, I had the opportunity, the gift, the grace to to change my mind about some things. And that's what conforming to Christ is about. It's about changing our mind. So my concern is when we use the word that God established, or it's the first institution that God established, marriage and family, I say down with that institution. And my concern is that there are some prominent voices that will dig up old sermons, update the language, repackage them using trendy phrases and titles and colors and redistribute these archaic messages um, and, and, and just put them out there. And because they are prominent voices, all of the 
uh, we, 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 we won't even question what is being said. We'll just receive it because who we perceive these individuals to be. And I would say to you that truth is no respecter of persons, and none of us have a corner of the market on truth, that all of us must adhere and surrender ourselves to truth no matter where God chooses to reveal it or manifest it. You know, I also think that a concern that I have any question or challenge to some of these prominent voices will go unanswered. I can't tell you the questions I've asked that have gone unanswered. The dialogue that I've invited for conversation that has been declined. And so when we challenge some of the prominent voices who have amazing ministries and otherwise, you know, have imparted wonderful and truthful revelation to us, that when they are questioned uh, or challenged, that the messenger gets condemned or disregarded. I'm concerned that the spirit of religion as it pertains to marriage and family permeates, permeates so many of our churches that instead of teaching the kingdom of God and kingdom principles, Jesus came to teach kingdom. He didn't come to establish a religion. He didn't come to establish an institution. He came to establish a kingdom. And that instead of teaching kingdom principles that transcend gender roles and encourages conformity to Christ, no matter who we are, a kingdom that is set on liberating people, the church will continue to issue mandates to husbands and wives. Interesting, the word mandates, because there's a lot happening in our society today and, and, and rightful ob, uh, objection to mandates. Will mandates uh, wherever they are, man-made mandates, you know, you know, that seek to coerce or compel us to think or behave a certain way are manipulative and controlling. The Holy Spirit lives on each in each one of us. And when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you will experience it on the inside. It will rise up out of you. It will respond on the inside. Right now as I'm speaking, and if you've listened up until this point, Either I am, you are objecting, or there are things in you, when I say objecting, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but there are questions or challenges that, that you're raising to what I'm saying, and that's not necessarily wrong. It just means that there are things that the Holy Spirit wants to explore with you. And so I just, uh, you know, I, I think that that's part of our freedom to be able to question and challenge without the fear of retaliation that seeks to be imposed on those that reject the mandate. You know, there's an alternative to institutions, and that's what I'm about. I, I really, again, will say down with the institution. Let the censure and consequences come as they will. I speak the truth of God by the word of God and encourage you to try my words, to see whether they're of God, 
take what I've said back to the Spirit of God and see what comes back to you. Get in his word and ask him concerning the things I'm saying to you. Don't believe me because my voice may sound authoritative. Don't believe me because I believe what I'm saying. Believe the word of God. God sets up systems. Here's the deal. God sets up systems, not institutions. And though they may look like the same, God's systems are complex. And they accommodate your individuality, my individuality. They accommodate your uniqueness and your unique responses as individuals, husbands, and wives without compromising his truth because God will not violate himself. So whatever system he sets up, please understand when Jesus came, he allowed himself or he surrendered himself to that complex system. God's system of marriage and family, as I said, it's complex. It permits for you as a husband and wife to be individuals unique and so that some of the things and mandates of this traditional religious system called marriage you find don't fit your marriage. You find that you don't fit in the typical description of husbands and wives. And and what I'm here to say to you is that you're free. God has not designed you or your marriage to look like anyone else. He does desire that we as believers in Jesus Christ, as citizens of his kingdom, that the self-same spirit be apparent in whatever we are doing and whatever we are producing. God wants you to perform to 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 form a more perfect union, and that union is going to look different. I could give you an examples, but I really just want to introduce to you the concept and the fact that that we're all different. Just look at uh, Paul talking about we're all members of the same body. Your marriage is supposed to reflect the glory of God, not the man-made wishes of men and women. And so as God voices his intent to restore marriage and family to the church, a paradigm shift is required. It is essential. And that means we need new language, we need new dialogue, we need new conversation, and we need a new approach to marriage that bleeds the blood and life of Jesus Christ through every husband and wife. And so I hope you'll stay tuned as God works through those of us who are reforming marriage because without reformation, we cannot have a true and sustainable revival. And this world needs a revival that's based on the reformation of God in and beginning with individuals and marriages for surely they're the foundation and the smallest working unit that is the smallest unit of two fully functioning people albeit imperfect in a unit of fully functioning people that can come together and produce something greater than either of them can produce on their own and so if this word has resonated with you you can do two things you can like the Facebook page, Relationship Game Changers, or you can share this short message with somebody else. And you can also leave a comment. 
to let me know what you're thinking. It could be a question. It could be a yay and amen. Whatever God's response in you to this message, if you'll be honest enough and leave a comment, I'll certainly be appreciative. Well, in Jesus' name, Father, try all of these words and to see whether they be of you. And Father, anoint those words. Elevate those words. Lord, uh, uh, promote the word and further the words that come from you. Lord, my prayer is that the spirit of truth would find its home in the words of truth that have been spoken here today. And if I misrepresented you in any way, Father God, I pray that you would strike it from the heart of your people, that, Lord, that they would not be hindered by anything that I have said in their relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Oh, 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 oh,